Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Trey Wills and Josh Parisian, uh, both from Scorpion Fighting System up in Michigan. They both have uh, professional MMA fights coming up in March 2024. Appreciate both of them coming on for the episode today. If you are a fan of the Kelly Patrick Show, I ask specifically send me some health insurance referrals. I'm not licensed in Michigan, but... If you know someone going on to Medicare, they'll be 65 soon. They need help with Medicare supplement or Advantage plan, which everyone of that age does. I'll get licensed in Michigan. Send me some damn referrals anywhere in the country. If you're a fan of the Kelly Patrick Show, I ask that you please send some referrals away to my sponsors. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by returning guests to the Kelly Patrick Show. I don't know how many times I've had Trey on the show in the years past, but, but it's many. Trey Wills is back on the show with us. Trey, how are you today? Doing good. Appreciate you having me on. Certainly. Anytime uh, you have things, always have a lot going on in the world of the fight game, Trey, and I appreciate that. If it's all right, you have a, a, a teammate. Could you introduce to the Kelly Patrick Show audience? Josh Parisian is there uh, with you. You get to train with him. Tell us about Josh, Trey. Oh, man. So it's funny. The first day I actually came to the gym, I, he was my last training partner. We do uh, 10 round Thursdays, and uh, he was like my 10th round. So I'm thinking he's just some normal guy that trains, you know, nothing wrong with that. Some big guy, whatever. But uh, I go, I'm in there sparring with him, man, dead. And uh, he's throwing like spinning back fists, catching me on the chin, right on the button. It's like, man. And he's not even throwing them hard. It's just like, he's just moving. Like, dude, this is the biggest athletic guy I've seen. Have you ever went with. <laughs> so, okay, so Josh, uh, welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, Trey, have you ever trained with a heavyweight that moves at all like Josh? 
Man, only uh, only one other, and that's the guy down in Tennessee. Um, he's always throwing those. Can't think of the choke, but he's got two of them in the UFC. Oh, Vince St. Peru? Yeah, I trained with him. He was pretty athletic, too. So, they were the two most athletic heavyweights I've ever trained with. Okay, I love it. Well, Josh, since this is the first time I've had you on the Kelly Patrick Show and people who follow the sport of MMA, uh, for the most part, probably already know who you are. Um, could you introduce yourself? Who's Josh Parisian? What brought you into the world of being a professional uh, cage fighter in the UFC? Well, I'm from Michigan. Um, I actually, I was born in West Virginia. I moved to the Upper Peninsula of, of Michigan when I was in second grade or going into second grade. Um, you know, I lived there until uh, about the second year. I was about 20 years old, and then I moved downstate to fight um i grew up in a real abusive home my stepdad very abusive very uh you know physically but more than anything that that messed me up the most was was mentally um did a lot of terrible things to strip me of my confidence he would write insults um in the mirror so i had to see it in the morning before i went to school and just anything he could to just really tear me down so i didn't have a lot of confidence growing up he eventually uh he he eventually went to prison when i was 17, I think he uh, tortured my mom for 15 hours, beat her, put her in the emergency room, um, and he went to prison for yeah for about five years. And then uh, I went to college um, up there. It's a community college, and I did a public speaking class. And a guy that I was that was next to me did his assignment on the UFC. Uh, I never heard of it before. He uh, I asked him about it. Like, Man, that's really cool. I can't believe that. He's like, yeah, if you ever want to train with us, we train at the high school wrestling room uh, after after the, their school is over or their school session's over. I mean, I would love to come out. And I went out there. I did it a little bit, and it gave me so much confidence. And, you know, when you have no confidence, a little bit goes a long way. And I, I ended up quitting school, which I don't advise everybody to drop out of school to fight <laughs> at all. But uh, I quit school. My uncle lived down here, uh, the Lower Peninsula, near Lansing. He gave me a job doing construction, and then I started training down here. And then, you know, I never wanted to fight. I just did it for the confidence, for the confidence. And somebody talked me into taking a fight. I won that fight. Uh, it made me feel real good because, um, the way everybody else made me feel, like, wow, you want to fight, Baba? You know, it made me feel good about myself. And then I just kept doing it. And I went three and zero, four and zero. I won every single title in Michigan and. And my goals just kind of, like, changed as I went. I never started thinking I was going to be in the UFC or whatever. I, I just, like, well, maybe I'll try this. And then became the number one pro in Michigan, number one pro in the North, uh, was it Northwest? And then, um, yeah, and then here I am. That's Josh, cool. what, 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 is your, what was your amateur record? My amateur record was... I think it was twenty-one five and one. Okay, so I'll I'll tie the two guests together today. Not only are you guys teammates, um, but Trey, what's your amateur record? I was nine and six. Yes. I'll even that. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yes. So so um, an interesting topic, I think, Josh and Trey, is how long should someone stay an amateur before they go pro? And Josh, being that you sounds like you really didn't. Am I, am I hearing you correctly, Josh? You didn't really have any combat sports training prior to when you were in college? No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't do anything. I played World of Warcraft. That's all I did. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> okay. So, Trey, of course, you started wrestling at what age? 
Yeah, I was a freshman in high school when okay. I first started wrestling. Okay, so a little bit different backgrounds, but still, you see people jumping pro relatively quick in some instances. Uh, you know, I've had many coaches on over the years, and, and there's always different schools of thought when it comes to making that decision about going pro. Trey, what were you waiting for? Because you relatively seem to have waited relatively long to go pro. Yeah, um, honestly, I'm glad that I waited because – Man, I would have just jumped right in um, thinking I was good enough when there were so many kinks in my armor. But, uh, yeah, I just took time off here and there, had kids. Um, I would just say to everyone that's listening that's kind of younger, just don't take no breaks. Don't take no time off. It's just harder coming back. And uh, But, yeah, I'm glad I waited. I think it's preference. You know, some people, they catch on to other things really well and really fast, and some people it takes them a little longer. Um, I think it just helped me waiting a little bit longer to uh, – to just develop. Now, Josh, I know this is, of course, a <laughs> a very exciting turn to take the interview, but whew, let's talk about game planning for your next opponent. Jeez, my wife's from Cuba, and oh I, yeah, I, okay, yeah. So I'm I'm at least you know I get to go to a boxing gym with a bunch of Cubans, and for some reason, Louisville, Kentucky has a lot of Cubans. Um, I am fucking intrigued with your opponent. Tell us about him. Yeah, I mean, he's a medalist, took bronze medal, took uh, got the bronze medal in the Olympics for Taekwondo. Um, obviously a very, uh, very good striker. Um, you know, he's a scary guy. He knocked his, he's got four fights as a professional and knocked the last three out in under 10 seconds. I mean, that's, on, on paper, he's a very scary human being. And, <laughs> I mean, he actually is a very scary human being. Six, seven, you know, the longest reach in UFC history. Um He's got a he's got a big hype train. He's coming in on a big hype train, but uh, you know, it's, in my eyes, everybody heavyweight in the UFC hits really hard, and it's it's not going to be a surprise to me. It's not uh, a scary thing to me. I'm always I'm always scared. Everyone hits hard. You know what I mean? You're not going to scare me any more than anybody else. Um, and as the last four opponents collectively, the record was one and zero. You know what I mean? Like, so he hasn't really fought a lot of competition. Um, and I'm a veteran, you know, I have over the collectively with boxing, amateur professional, I have over 50, almost 60 fights. Um, I don't know. I just, I just, I think that maybe he is everything that everybody thinks he is, but you know, nobody really knows until he shows up that night. And, and I guess we'll find out. This is what I love about MMA is this is a legitimate opponent, obviously for him coming right in very experienced josh you you know like you said over 50 total fights um boxing more so they stick with at the beginning of someone's career i know a cuban who's doing this or actually a couple cubans i train with who now they're in the stage of you know kind of the padding their record type uh, stage which we see in boxing and josh you probably are more familiar or you're you're very familiar with that also but ufc or mma doesn't do that quite as much how did this fight come about when they were offered it to you, Josh? What did you say? And what do you think the the um, the, the the big picture for the UFC, what are they looking for from this fight? Are you being brought in to lose is what I'm asking. Oh, 100%. 100% they're bringing. Man, they, uh, this guy was spoon-fed to be exactly what, the, what he is right now, this big hype train, this big star. And, I mean, they're making him look a certain way. And they want him to be that way, but just because somebody makes you look a certain way doesn't mean you are that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? But 
I, I you know what am I? I'm two and four in the UFC right now. You know, I haven't had a great run. Um, so I'm at the point in my career where they're looking to stack me against people that they want to, um, you know, go further, go far in the sport, go far in the UFC, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm aware of that, and I'm the kind of person that understands where I've made mistakes and how to fix them. Um, and I've worked really hard at that. So I don't think that this is, uh, this is going to be my, my time out. You know what I mean? I think this is going to be a time where I, I shine and it's, it's going to be me. That's going to propel forward. Trey, um, I assume you're familiar with his opponent, the big Cuban guy, right? Yeah. Tactically, how should Josh go about this fight? Let's try to let's try to just make those decisions for him. Clearly, he needs to somehow shoot in, get it to the ground, and you know, get like a top cross side Americana or something like that. Trey, what do you think he needs to do? And I, I would definitely shoot in, get it. I mean, even if he doesn't shoot in, Josh has got heavy hands. Um, and I'm not just saying that because he's my teammate. I believe in him in any way this fight goes. Um, but yeah, I would shoot in, try to get mount. Fat boy mount something, get the back, and uh, yeah. I mean, if he gets mount, it's over. Whoever gets mount, I feel like you know, it's pretty, it's it's pretty bad, you know, for the heavyweights. Um, but yeah, I see Josh winning. Like I like he said, I see him preparing, preparing forward. See how hard he trains, and uh, it's a different vibe in the training room. Um, than I've noticed in Kentucky. Not saying nothing about Kentucky at all. Uh, I just feel like Brighton, where I'm at right now, I feel like it's a complete gym where. Like some gyms you go to, you know, you got really good striking coaches. Some gyms you go, you know, you got good jiu-jitsu guys. It's jiu-jitsu based. This gym, I just feel like it's a well-rounded, you got a little bit of everything in there. So there's no excuse in lacking in any area from the Scorpion. Josh, what what do you think of our analysis of the preview for this big, which I assume is, you know, I'm sure every fight for you in the UFC, you view it like the fight of your career. You probably don't have a choice. Uh, That's how you got to go into (laughs) each fight. But what do you think of my analysis? Somehow, even if it's sloppy, who knows? I assume you have a grappling advantage if it gets to the ground. Is that a safe assumption? I mean, yeah, I definitely assume that. You know what I mean? He jumped into it. He's a great striker. Um, I'm not trying to go tit for tat with him. You know what I mean? Doing Taekwondo, in and out, whatever. He's got a long reach. So, you know, I guess we'll see. What am I going to do? I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, if I, I'm sure that his entire camp, he's worked. He hasn't been working Taekwondo. He's been working, how do I get a dude off me on the wall? How do I get up from the ground? You know what I mean? Like, so, I don't know. We'll see. I uh, I think that it's going to be a demoralizing thing when he doesn't knock me out in 10 seconds. I don't get knocked out. You know what I mean? I don't, that doesn't really happen. Have you ever been knocked uh, out? Actually, I was knocked out uh, eight years ago, and my foot broke through the cage. And my adrenaline was gone, so I couldn't uh I couldn't figure out I thought somebody grabbed me with their hand. So I looked down and he threw a leaping hook and and when I wasn't looking knocked me out. <laughs> okay. But that, yeah, that, so that, the- that's not common and you don't have a bunch of trouble when sparring with big guys, big guys who throw kicks. How f- <laughs> I should ask, sorry I'm so ADD, but how difficult is it to find someone who's a, a legit heavyweight who throws crazy kicks and stuff? Actually, I just had Daniel Spitz here. He uh, he fought for the UFC. Um, doesn't fight for him anymore, but he's six seven. Uh, just a small, small reach, just less small, smaller, less reach. 
uh, great kicks. He was the, he's the perfect training partner. He's coming out to Miami with me, helping me get uh, finished the week out. So I have a really good had a really good partner. Okay, um, Trey, what can you tell us about your upcoming opponent? I think he's scrappy, super scrappy guy. Um, seems like he's got heavy leg kicks. But other than that, he really doesn't surprise me. I feel like I fought better guys than him already. Um, and I know this is the hardest I've ever trained. I train hard every fight, but I just I feel like um, I'm not too worried, but I'm not underestimating him. He's coming. He's one to know. He's coming off of a win. Um, I think it's a Muay Thai guy he just fought. Um, but yeah, it's nothing really. He doesn't really impress me. And uh, all the conviction I have just from the hard work, man, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight tomorrow. So I love it. Uh, I'll ask each of you. I've interviewed James Gray before here on the show and really enjoyed. Of course, he's, you know, really on the ball and great. He's just a great interview, and I assume he runs a great gym. What can each of you tell me about uh, owner and head coach of Scorpion Fighting System, James Gray? I think uh, the biggest thing I could say about James is he has the ability to help be- people see their potential. Um, he just believes in people so much, and he believes so much that you could do something that you believe in. If you believe you could do something, you can do it. Okay. Anything to add to that, Trey? Yeah, I just I think he's uh, super motivated. He's, he's, uh, he's really into fighting, and uh, you can tell he's super passionate about that, and it bleeds out on all of us. Um, and I think that makes all of our games go a lot further when you're in there with someone as passionate as James is. Um, but yeah, great guy. Really great guy. Great coach. Um, this is a random question, but, um, I, I'm guessing I'll get some good answers. Um, because you've both been around the fight game for a long time. I saw a crazy situation one time in an amateur fight where the ref stopped a female, had another uh, girl in a guillotine, standing guillotine. The ref runs up and stops it. And the girl who was being choked just stops and goes like, what the hell? What? I was fine. And then the ref tried to like say, oh, okay, you guys just keep going. <laughs> tried to put them back together and just keep it going, even though he had just officially stopped it. So that's just an example of kind of like just a clusterfuck of a mess inside an MMA cage. You two, both. What's your story you can give me about the biggest clusterfuck of an MMA in cage experience you guys can think of? If Does anything come to mind? That we've had. That you've had or that you've seen. I was sitting cage side for that one, and I was like, what the hell? Everybody's like, what the fuck's going on? He stopped it, and then he tried to just go, no, 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 no. We're going to keep him going. And then the commission had to get in there at some point. And so I'm not knocking the promoter. You know, I'm not knocking anyone in particular. But what I'm saying is this is a relatively young sport. And I think we occasionally see some crazy shit. And to be honest, that can be pretty entertaining. Josh, does anything come to mind for you? Yeah, I got, I got a good one. There we go. There <laughs> we go. Uh, so Michigan is one of the last states to get sanctioned. So meaning, you know, there was a there was a governing body where we submit blood work and stuff like that, and we get a license and all that. It was one of the last states to do it. Um, so we call the time before that the Wild Wild West days, and this was during the Wild Wild West days. And this this is the time where we fought every other weekend. We were fighting in school gymnasiums, fighting on farms. James fought a dude on a farm. There's chickens running around the audience. It was crazy. It was, <laughs> but um, the story wasn't a school gymnasium, and uh, this guy was was having a throwing a a fight. He had the promotion. His main event fell out, so 
to replace the main event, he fought his own dad in the main event, beat the shit out of his dad. <laughs> and it was MMA? Yeah, his dad, yeah, his dad doesn't train. He just fought his dad <laughs> to save the show. <laughs> wow. That's pretty good. Yep. That, that's that's yep. pretty good. I, I can see my son doing that, but my son has trained some. I've trained some, but you're saying this was just a dad who's bailing his son out. He's like, I'll take an ass beating. Uh, so my son's so my son's show is at least not boring. I bet everyone in attendance, they were not bored. Probably not, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Trey, does any anything come to mind for you, Trey? Yeah, I guess that Zach fight when Zach fought that one dude who broke his jaw after the fight, they like gave it to the other guy and then they're like, Hold up, hold up. Then they raised Zach's hand. Thought that was pretty crazy. Which Zach was that? Remind me. Was it Kam- uh, Kamara? Zach yeah. Kamara. I'm trying to remember that one. So, so the, oh, okay, okay, okay. So they raised the wrong guy's hand. I see. Yeah, I've seen that type of stuff happen a couple times. Eli Mefford was in a fight. Is he up there? Yeah, he's up here. Okay. He has a good one. I was present for Eli Mefford. He fought, I think it was... Um, Maybe Nick Wells or something, but they announced, I think they said, and the winner, Eli Mefford. And he was like, yeah, yeah. You know, he was all all pumped. And then I think the the, um, the ref had to come in and go, whoops, sorry. Oh, uh, you actually lost. Yeah. <laughs> I have another good one. Too, okay, actually. let's hear it, Josh. Nice what do you about. got? What do you got? I fought a guy in Flint at the Pirani Arena, and I was the first fight of the night. Um. <laughs> Actually, there's another weird thing that it, it, the promoter, he always has all the fighters get together right before the fight, and we have to say a group prayer. It was really weird. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so I'm the first fight of the night. Um, I fight. Everything's good. The next fight, the two corners jump in. If something happens, and the corners jump in, and everybody in the ring is fighting. And then people are just pouring into the cage, fighting. And people in the crowd are fighting. And the, it was just a giant brawl, the entire promotion. And the SWAT, or the police came in and shot smoke canisters. And so there was only one fight that went all night, and it was my fight. <laughs> only one fight actually occurred that night. It was just me. And then all the other ones, uh, the police had to come in, and it's like this big raid of smoke bombs and all this stuff and That's- getting people to stop fighting. That sounds pretty wild. You won your fight? I won, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, for you, that was a good night. Yeah, yeah. We were just an amateur, but yeah. We had we had the one event in 2017. Trey, I don't know if you were present, but we did have the event in Louisville. I was there where the, the fighter died. Were you there, Trey? No, oh, I wasn't there. I heard about it. Though. Was that Expo 5? It was, it was the, I think it was the last time we went to Expo 5, so that was a little bit of a mess. A lot of negative publicity for that, but really it was just an... relatively unhealthy uh, heavyweight who probably shouldn't have been fighting at heavyweight. And um, I know that sounds like a dickhead thing to say, but he fought, got finished, got out of the cage, went in the back and had a heart attack. Um, So just not very pleasant. Obviously, you know, very sad, but it wasn't actually in the cage. So I I was present for that. That was was pretty wild. Um, Okay, so... Like that, it's horrible. Do you, does anything else come to mind for you, Trey? The craziest shit you've ever seen inside relative to MMA? <laughs> relative to MMA, yeah. I don't, the cra- I would have to just touch base back on Expo Five days, man, because people would just you had some down. good, you had some good wars there. I remember, 
I had some good fights, but uh, just the crowd. The crowds was pretty crazy at Expo 5. If you've never been to an Expo 5 fight, man, y'all were missing out. Some okay. good days. I mean, it'd be lined up all the way back to the garage, you know, and people be fighting. You look from the cage and people are fighting in the back, you know. Uh, but, yeah, that was wild. So I just guess, like my opponents, one time I had an opponent change like the same day. That was pretty wild. I don't think that happens anymore. What, they were so like, hey, you, you were going to fight one guy and it fell apart. So you, then you ended up fighting someone else. Yeah, it was my first fight ever. We was at Rupp and Brandon Higdon came back there and was like, hey, man, your guy said he fell off a horse three days prior. They're not clearing him because he fell off a horse. It's like, what the hell is that? And then they're like, I got to <laughs> for you, Jared Morris. Uh, he'll fight you tonight if you want to take that fight just so you can stay on the card. I was like, run it. So, like, the opponent changed, like, an hour or two before the fight. Jared Morris. Oh, Jared Morris is only 3-7 and seven as an amateur, but I think I commentated his most recent fight, which was in 2019. He lost to Alex Trauber. But I think Jared Morris looked like a fucking beast. I think that was fight of the night, to be honest. So I know that was the first fight of your career back in whenever that was, 2014. Yeah. But I think Jared Morris at least is exciting to watch. I enjoy him. Yeah, yeah he's came a long way. I, I love it. Okay, well, Josh, I really appreciate both of you joining me for the show today. Before we start to wrap everything up, if someone's interested in, in following you, supporting either your fight careers in any way, do you have any shout-outs or any plugs, any social media mentions you, you guys would each like to say? Uh, yeah, just follow me, Parisian MMA. That's uh, that's on Facebook and Instagram, but probably do Instagram because I don't really go on my Facebook that much for my fighter page. <laughs> I have a Twitter too, but I don't go on that either. I mostly just post on my Instagram. Okay. Uh, yeah, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Trey Wills. Um, forgot my handle, honestly. Just type in Trey Wills um, or Facebook. I'm on Facebook or Insta. But yeah, you guys check me out. March 15th, I'll be fighting at Crystal Gardens in Michigan. Um, be looking to make it 1-0 pro. Let's go. I love it. I, I really appreciate Shout both. Shout out to Scorpion Fight System, too. Shout out to Scorpion Fight System. Josh, did you have something else? No, I was saying, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Excited for his fight. Yeah. That's no. a good promotion to have his first pro fight at. You guys are probably an interesting... Um, pair to watch slight size difference if I watched you two spar with each other that would be an entertaining thing to see yeah <laughs> he hits me though he does a good job he'll hit me I, 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 I can imagine Trey will not I don't think Trey backs down from, from anybody um, regardless no. of, of six foot four UFC heavyweight I, I, I believe that so you can attest that Trey doesn't back down from anyone yeah no he ain't scared I love it. Well, Trey Wills, Josh Parisian, I appreciate both of you coming on today. Thank you very much. Yep, Thank absolutely. You. Thank you.